0: A bizarre haunting that took place at one of America's greatest landmarks. And then we take a look at an ongoing bizarre murder investigation. One that police say can be solved if they can just weigh a dog. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I want to start the episode off very briefly by talking about this. I have been, for probably about the past two weeks, thinking, yeah, this show's not working. Dead Rabbit Radio has run its course. It's peaked. It's over. What am I doing? I don't know why I'm even continuing to do this show. Am I only doing it... Because I don't have anything else to do. Nah, 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 nah. Those are all self inflicted wounds. Those are all. Nobody has come to me and said, your show's over the hill. You peaked. Your best seasons were behind you. You suck now. And you've sucked for a while. Nobody has told me that. Now, I do have haters. People do send me emails and talk about me online and talk about how much I suck. And I don't care about those. And it's funny because if I start getting emails from people saying, you know what, dude, your show sucks. It used to be really good, but now you totally suck. That would actually be like, dude, F you, dude. My show's awesome. Like if someone else was pushing on me and telling me that I sucked, I would fight harder. But when you're telling yourself, yeah, it's just not working anymore. What are you doing? And that I talk a lot about visualization and hyper-sigils and stuff like that. You have to get out of that mindset. I have to get out of that mindset. I mean, I really put off recording today's episode. I was just yeah, now I'm not feeling good i have a i am a little sick, I have a pretty bad heel injury. I still am withdrawing from the nicotine, so those are all factors as well, and I'm tired. I'm just tired, I've been really busy lately, but I have to push through all that stuff. gotta break out of that mindset. I gotta break out of that mindset you got to break out of that mindset if you're facing that as well. Those are the words of inspiration from Jason today, Dead Rabbit Radio. I got some new, pa- again, I'm getting new Patreons. The show can't be that bad, right? And I have to acknowledge, there will be episodes that I think are stronger than other episodes, of course. And there will be story segments that are stronger than other story segments. But at the end of the day, I do enjoy doing the show. I think a lot of people enjoy listening to it. It's when I start thinking that nobody likes it and that I'm just kind of wasting my time and everyone else's time. That type of stuff drags you down. So you can't think like that. And I'll look back on this. I'll totally forget about this. Six months from now, I'll totally forget about this. I'll be listening back to this episode and I'll be like, oh yeah, I do remember I was going through some stuff back then. Because I've done that before. I've listened to other episodes where I can hear my voice is hoarse. Or I can hear I'm a little depressed, and I was like, when did I record that episode? Oh, yeah, I recorded that last December. Oh, yeah, that was when that happened. Yeah, I wasn't feeling that good. So I'll totally forget about this little bump in the road and keep on going, and then six months from now, I'll listen to this episode and be like, oh, yeah, dude, that was stupid. That was stupid that you really doubted yourself, and you spent five minutes talking to people about it. But again, this isn't just about me, it's about you. If you find yourself doubting yourself, we are responsible for inflicting the deepest wounds on ourselves you have a project that you love, just keep doing it. Just keep going. You can reevaluate it. You can approach it from a different angle, but don't give up just because you're hitting some speed bumps or you're feeling doubts or just feeling down or, or anything like that. Keep going. Let's talk about our Patreons for this episode. We got two new Patreons. We got Ivana. I'm sure this is some sort of pun. I'm sure this is some sort of pun. I know this isn't this person's real name because they told me their real name, but Ivana Cuck. Kukakokov. Ivana Kukakov. I was pronouncing it, and I was like, I'm sure it's like, I want to blank, but I don't know. Ivana Kokov. And then we have Burnt Toast Ghost. Actually, Burnt Toast Ghost is developing their own webcomic. Burnt Toast Ghost. And you can go to follow him on Twitter at at BToastGhost. So check that, and again, you know, have those projects. Maybe it's not art, maybe it's fitness, maybe it's anything, but um have those projects and keep plugging away at it. Keep plugging away at it. If you listen to the early episodes of this podcast, they suck. They're terrible. They're absolutely terrible, and I could have quit then, but I kept going. So if you're doing... I'm not saying his <laughs> comics suck. I'm just saying is when you guys are doing something, keep doing it. Keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it, and eventually, I believe... You will be where you're at. But you also want to have that visualization thing as well. And if I'm sitting here all depressed about my podcast, it's not going to help the podcast overall. I could be putting out the best episodes ever, but if I think the show sucks, I'm putting out into the universe the show sucks, not going to attract new listeners. You have to put out the best content and have the best worldview about your content possible. It's the only way you're going to succeed. But thank you, Ivana, and thank you, Burnt for supporting the Patreon. They're also both in the Minecraft server now, so that's pretty dope. They're not like Tron. They're not like teleported into it, as far as I know, but they're having fun in the Minecraft server. So if you can't support the Patreon, just get the word out about the show. Really, really helps a lot. Let's go ahead and get started now. Now, our first story, we're going to go to a little tiny island out in New York. So let's hop in the Dead Rabbit rowboat. We've been using this a lot. We're rowing. You're rowing. I'm just sitting there looking out of the water, and I'm thinking... Why am I rowing this boat? What's the point? What's the point of rowing this boat? And you're like, hit me with the paddle. You're like, dude, snap out of it. Snap out of it. You have a bunch of content to produce. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. And we're going to go to this little island in the middle of New York. We're back in, not in the middle of New York. In the middle of the New York Harbor. This place is called Bedloe's Island. And we're in the year 1892. So we're going to put on like our old timey clothes, little hats. I, don't, I was going to say the little tri-corner hats, but I'm pretty sure the, that was Revolutionary War. So anyways, we're in hat. <laughs> it doesn't matter. A cowboy hat. I have a cowboy hat on. You have a baseball cap on. Baseball hasn't even been invented yet. We're near 1892. We're on Bedloe's Island. And at the time, there was an army fort, barracks on the island. So we're like walking around. And, oh, dude, why are we dressed like this? We need to dress up like uniforms. So we're going to put on some uniforms, throw away the cowboy hat and the baseball cap patent that first patent that and then uh we'll be millionaire Oh, you'll be dang it you're the one who had the baseball cap you're a millionaire now in the future so we're walking around the army barracks right and we're like they're like do this you maggots get over here maggots hadn't been invented yet though so they'd be like do this scarecrows like that was the insult back then and all the military people are walking around the drill sergeant... I should have said there was a drill sergeant saying that. And not just some random guy. The plumber is like, go shoot stuff. And the army guys are like... Pff, pff. The drill sergeant is yelling at everyone. He's yelling at us. Drop and give us 20, you scarecrows. Doing 20. I don't think I've done 20 push-ups in my life. It's total. Like, I can do the girl push-ups. And honestly, I don't think they're called that anymore. You know the push-ups where you're on your knees? Um, When I went to school, they were called girl push-ups. I'm sure there's a more politically correct explanation for them now. I still call them girl push-ups, and every so often someone will give me a bit of a side-eye. They'll be like, what? I also learned that sitting cross-legged is no longer called Indian style. It's called, like, John Davis. John Davis is actually the lead singer of Corn. I don't think it's called Jonathan Davis, style but apparently they're like john henry when you sit cross-legged i always heard it was indian style when i was a kid and you do girl push-ups the pe teacher would be like if you can't do a push-up just do a girl push-up and i'd be like okay and the girls would do girl push anyways i've never done 20 push-ups outside of girl push-ups my entire life i'm sure they're now called like knee lifts or something like that actually that's a different exercise the point the drill sergeant's like just give me 20 push-ups i'm like fine anyways while we are on this island we meet two soldiers. One is named, we only have the last names of these guys. We have Gibbs and Carpenter, oddly enough. Now, if your last name is Gibbs, my name last name is Carpenter. If you as a listener's last name is Gibbs, this is a really weird episode for you and me. We only have their last names. There's a dude named Carpenter and there's a dude named Gibbs. So we meet them, and I'm going to shake Carpenter's hand, and then it's like Time Cop. We, we There's like this weird portal opening. Now we're back in the year 1701, and we're like, Whoa, where are we? <laughs> that was a weird narrative device, but anyways, now we're in London. It's 1701, and Captain Kidd, a pirate, is executed for his crimes. Now, he was one of those dudes that they hung. Well, they they hung, the rope broke, and then they had to hang him again. And then they gibbeted him or they put him in the cage. So his body was like in a his dead body was in like a cage and it sat there. And they put it out like on the harbor for like years to let people know this is what happens when you're a pirate, which actually is quite humane because sometimes they would just put you in the cage and they just leave you there. And then you would just die of dehydration. You'd be like, help me, guys. And People are like sitting underneath you eating apples, drinking apple juice but i don't think they did that i was re- when, I, when i was reading about this execution method which to me i almost died once because my throat swelled up and i couldn't get any liquid in me and i was super poor and i didn't have insurance so i was just like well i'm just going to like get better eventually right and i almost died i went 3 days with all i drank was one coffee mug full of water for over the course of 3 days and they had to take me to the hot er and they pumped me full of all these fluids in me. but It's, it's horrible. Like, I could feel my body, I could feel myself dying. Not like the first day, I wasn't like, man, I sure am parked, where's the Gatorade, oh no, like, by the 72nd hour, I was like, I, this is it. It's a horrible, dehydrate, like, not being able to drink stuff is a horrible, horrible way to go. But, um, where was it going with that? Oh yeah, so that would be a horrible way to go, would be to be trapped in a cage. But I was reading, you know, they did this a lot. They would basically just like trap people. I guess one of the things they did was they took this dude, and this was in the Middle East or something. They wrapped him in cow skin. And then when it dries, it squishes him, which I don't believe. How much can. If somebody would like threw a bunch of. Okay, if somebody threw a bunch of like cow leather on me, first off, I'd look pretty snazzy. I'd have a new leather outfit. Secondly, I would eat that. I would just eat my way out they're like i gain weight they're like what you're supposed to starve to death i'm like eat my way out but anyways i don't think you could dry quick enough for one two it's an edible prison so that doesn't work but three they wrapped this dude up in this leather and it was gonna dry and he was gonna be stuck in it and then like get squished or die but they also, on this, they turned the cow skin inside out. Like, I don't believe a lot of these old torture methods. I think they're made up. They I'll, I'll have to put the link in the show notes. They took a cow skin, they turned it inside out, and they put the horns... Horn, it was a bull, basically. Oh, I think cows have horns, too. It doesn't matter. They took the bovine's horns, so they turned the skin inside out. They put the bovine horns to touch against his ears, and then they sewed him shut so as it dried... The horns would slowly pierce his brain and he would die. I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that happened at all. I think that was someone. I think I think people wanted to write like Saw and they go, Oh yeah, let's come up with some awesome like fake torch. That's so ridiculous. Because as it was drawing, the horns would just push through the leather. It's not gonna be like, think about it, the the horns have two paths of resistance. One is decaying flesh, and the other one is human bone. His skull. So the horns, if if you put a if you put a horn on the ground and then put meat on top of it, or like dried skin on top of it, and it got it wouldn't go through the concrete. It would not go through the dudes. And you could be like, "Well, Jason, it's going through." It would go slightly in your ear. You'd be like, "Ow!" It's not gonna impale your brain. Totally made up. Anyways, none of the, none of that stuff. Okay, let's give, Captain Kid dies. That's where we were at. That's what we were talking about, Captain Kid. Captain Kidd dies, he gets put in the cage. Now, he buried, supposedly buried a treasure chest on Bedelow's Island. So we're back on Bedelow's Island. And Carpenter's like, dude, where'd you go? There was just this big blob. And then you and this other dude got sucked in. And I was like, yeah, it was weird. We uh, talked about people getting tortured for a while. Let's go for a walk. And Carpenter and Gibbs are like, uh, uh-oh. Carpenter and Gibbs, so apparently this is the story. They sneak away from us, and so now we're in the bushes watching them. They find out a rumor that Captain Kidd buried a treasure on Bedloe Island. And so they think they know where it's at. These guys straight up goonie it. They wait till everyone falls asleep at the barracks. The drill sergeant's like, Scarecrow. Scarecrow. He's like insulting people in his sleep. And... Uh, Car- Gibbs and Carpenter, they do, 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 like tiptoe out of the building. They get to this location. They start digging up this treasure chest. And then everyone in the barracks is awakened with a loud scream. Oh, and everyone is like, oh, what, what's going on? Raise the alarm. <laughs> they're like, no, no, that's the cat alarm. Raise the real alarm. Oh. Or still kind of sounds like a cat, but whatever. Everyone's grabbing their old-timey guns, and they're like, what's going on, what's going on? Now, Carpenter is running away from whatever, and he's like, oh my god, oh my god, something terrible just happened. And they're like, what, what's going on? And he's like, okay, let me tell you. <laughs> he totally calls down, he sits down, he goes, this is what happened. He goes, so me and Gibbs found out that Captain Kim might have buried a treasure on this island. And we dig it up, <laughs> made shovel noises, but with actual shovels, And we found a treasure chest and a human skull. And everyone's like, you found the treasure? And he's like, let me finish, let me finish. (laughs) We found a treasure chest and a human skull. And then a demon showed up. Like a real 100% what you think a demon would look like demon. Big black wings, dark leathery skin, horns, barbed tail, just big monster just pops up out of nowhere. So I ran away and they go, where's Gibbs? Carpenter's like, I don't know. (laughs) I just ran. I just took off. So at this point, the soldiers, hoot, 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 start marching over to where Carpenter's like, the treasure's over there. Treasure is over there. I'm staying here. They go over there. Now there's two versions of this story. The one version is they get over there and Gibbs is laying unconscious on the ground and there's an empty hole. And they're like, what's, wake up, sir, wake up. Wait, no, you're probably a private. Wake up, maggot. They haven't been invented yet. Wake up, you scarecrow. They're slapping him. He's like, uh. He gets up and he's like, oh, you won't believe what happened. And they're like, let me guess. You dug up Captain Kidd's treasure. Demon showed up. He's like, that's a great guess. And then I got knocked unconscious and the hole's empty now. We look in there. There's no treasure chest. There's no human skull. It's gone. Now, there's another version of the story that Carpenter ran away and Gibbs got hit by the demon and flew into the bay. Now, I can tell you almost for sure that that version is 100% made up. If any of this story is true, that part isn't. I think it's possible that he woke up like he was sitting there and the demon like slapped him and he falls down. But the idea of him getting thrown, just the force of, of getting hit by something to make you travel more than a foot, would most likely kill you. Like, you can get slapped and knocked down, or punched and knocked down, but if you get punched with enough force, I mean, unless they were digging it up, and then 30 inches away was the bay, that is 100% not true. He would have been killed on impact from both the blow that would send him flying out more than, again, a foot or two. And, and then the impact on the water, and then, you know, obviously <laughs> the water drowning and all that stuff. But anyway, so that's that version is most likely not true at all. But anyway, so the story is, is that they did find this treasure, demon showed up, carpenter took off, like a hero, he went to go get help, he wasn't cowardly, he wasn't running away. And then Gibbs got knocked down, treasure is gone. Bedelow Island eventually was renamed, because it was a military base to begin with, but then a woman moved in. A woman named Lady Liberty. The Statue of... that was a weird, <laughs> That's a weird transition. But anyways, Bedloe Island is now Liberty Island. So it's where the Statue of Liberty is in New York, which I've actually heard isn't that big. Like, you think it's huge because you see it in movies, but then when you go out there, you're like, eh, it's okay. I would like to see it. But anyways, so that's where the Statue of Liberty is now. Now, what's interesting about this story is it was... I stumbled across it when I was researching the San Francisco ghost boats. About a week ago, because I was looking, there stuff is coming up about haunted U.S. monuments, and this story popped up. I bookmarked it and I went back very, very hard to find details on this story. It took me much longer than I thought it would. It's really interesting because they, all the sources say that this story was reported in an issue of the 1892 New York Times, which I was not able to verify. I attempted to, and I was like, I can't go through every issue of the 1892 New York Times. If they had given me a month, maybe, definitely if they had given me a week, I could have looked through seven issues. But I couldn't look through, you know, 365 issues for the story. But I, so I wasn't able to confirm that. It's just a weird sh- little story that takes place at a national monument that is, nobody really knows about. I kind of expected it to be a little more popular when I, because I just stumbled across it. But so that's the, it's called, the story is generally known as the Monster of Liberty Island. Do I think it's true? I think it's awesome. I definitely think that it's awesome, and it has a lot of that stuff like cursed treasures. There's always that thing that when pirates bury their treasures, or bandits would hide treasures or mines, cursed mines, there'd be some sort of guardian spirit blocking it, so it has that element to it. I find that fascinating. True story? Who knows? But, before you start digging at the feet of Lady Liberty, just remember it's probably it's probably against the law. It's probably against the law to bring a shovel to Ellis Island and be digging there. Yeah, so don't do that. Don't bring shovels to Ellis Island. Probably bad idea. Might get in trouble. So let's go ahead though and move on to our next story. Now I'm going to tell you this right now. Our next story is a weird one. It's actually very very short. It's very very short. And and to be honest, it's kind of been disturbing me. I came across it maybe about 2 weeks ago. And yeah, it's a Maybe more than that. Maybe three weeks ago. It doesn't matter. It has no bearing on the story. It's kind of a weird one. It's kind of disturbing. And it's an ongoing investigation. So you can skip out now. There's going to be some, some disturbing imagery on this one. Not demons popping out of treasure chests. There's real people who are going through this. I'll see you guys tomorrow. If you decide to stick around for this true crime story, just know it's uh, kind of dark kind of dark so we're going to albany township pennsylvania we're just gonna walk and you're like jason does this have to be even more depressing and i'm like it's just it's good exercise let's just get there it's september 23rd 2019 there's a little house in albany township and there's a mom so you can kind of figure out where this is going named lisa snyder and she's walking around her house and she goes into her basement now in her basement there is like that giant basement support beam that kind of runs the length of the basement on the ceiling. And she starts walking into the basement and there's that beam there. And there is a a dog leash wrapped around the support beam of the basement ceiling. So it's wrapped around the middle and then the two strands are coming off two opposite sides of the beam. So basically if you took a jump rope and or a rope, I don't know why it's a jump rope... Wrapped it around that, and you have the two sides just kind of hanging there. That was what it looked like. She's walking down the stairs. She sees the dog leash, this long dog leash wrapped around like that. And then, attached to the dog leash on both sides are the unconscious bodies of her eight-year-old son, Connor, and her four-year-old daughter, Brinley, hanging. And there are two tipped-over dining room chairs on the ground, and her children are just... Hanging there. So she calls 911. They come out and they're still alive, but four days later, they both end up dying within minutes of each other. Now, that's almost something that it would be. Walking into a house and seeing a hanging body would be really rough, obviously, or a gunshot victim or something like that. But walking in and seeing two, and then add to the fact that they're children. And then add to the fact that it looks like a suicide. An 8-year-old and a 4-year-old hung themselves. Now, the police are obviously very, very concerned about what went on. Again, this is September 23rd, 2019, so not even a month ago. Or just a little over a month ago. She says, the mother says, listen, Connor was getting bullied. He was getting bullied at school. And he had made comments about killing himself, but he didn't want to do it alone. Now, supposedly, she said that in the 911 call to the operator. Now, what's interesting was when this first happened, the police gave very little information about what's going on. They just said these two bodies were found in this house, and they were looking for the dog. I'll get to that in a second. And now more information's coming out, which makes me think they're starting to kind of figure out what, what happened. But... She said they just recently released the nine one one call. The mom says she, he was being bullied, but he didn't want to go alone. The kids were currently being not investigated, but assisted by um, child protective services. It's not that's not the exact name in Pennsylvania for it, but it's child protective services is a state program to help ki- to find out if kids are being abused or living in dirty environments or suffering any sort of you know, issues, but nobody is saying why they were being visited by CPS. Was it a routine thing? Was it something that happened years ago? Was it an ongoing issue? Nobody knows. Oh Well, people know, they're just not revealing it to us. They took his Xbox, they took Connor, because that's kind of what the cops were figuring. They're like, let's figure out who Connor was talking to. So they take his Xbox, they take all of his electronics. They end up visiting the house five separate times, each time with a new warrant, each time getting new devices or looking for new evidence. The last piece of evidence they got, and this was what was just announced a couple days ago, is that it turns out the mom had three cell phones. They found that very suspicious. They said the phone that she used to dial 911 was not the phone she initially turned over to investigators. They thought that was weird as well. And they're considering this criminal homicide. So you go, oh, it's a murder investigation. Well, these are the different options. One, Connor, it was a murder-suicide. Connor hung himself and his four-year-old sister. The other one is that a family member killed them to make it look like a suicide. Or it was a dare. Let's play a funny game, you know, and they tricked them into committing suicide. Or it was an outsider. Those are basically our three options. Murder-suicide... Murder, family member, murder, stranger. But the cops are being really, really cagey on this right now. And so, like I said, the I, I think this is one of the most interesting facts to this story. That's slowly getting more press. When it came out, it was just kind of a weird event. I, I found it, and now more and more people are reporting on it. But when I first came across it, the story was... Police are looking for a dog to help solve murder or suicide or, or suicide events. However they put it. And so the cops are looking for a, the family dog. The cops are looking for the family dog. And you go, why? Why are the cops looking for family dog? They released this statement. They said, by determining the dog's actual weight and size, utilizing a scale, will assist in the criminal investigation. So they want the family dog. And it's funny because I this story's been kind of sticking with me, like I said, for a while now. One, the visual of just the two children. If they kill themselves, it's absolutely tragic. Although I don't see, if they were hung in separate locations, I could see the eight-year-old killing the four-year-old and then hanging himself. But it would be really hard to wrap the dog leash around the support beam, wrap it around the girl's neck, wrap it around your neck, and then even if you jumped off, to make her fall off the chair, or her not second-guess it. I mean, he could have talked her into a ch- I mean, come on, dude. Four? <sighs> but anyways, I can't even fathom that. This story's really bugged me. And I don't like to share my bugginess. Like, my my... I don't want to use the word grief, but my just, like... There's a lot of stories I don't cover on this show. Like, I've found some really disturbing true crime stuff. And then I just kind of let it, every so often, I'm like, oh, why did I read that? Like, really disturbing stuff. And, and, but this one, I was just like, this one, as disturbing as it is, and maybe you're like, no, wait, man, I watch Rotten.com. As is is disturbing, and that's fine. As disturbing as this one is, it's an ongoing investigation. And I think. That it is a, uh, it's interesting on that level. Like this could become, this could really turn out to be anything. But anyways, the cops said, we want to find the dog. And I couldn't figure out why weighing the dog would be a factor at all. I was really kind of puzzled about that for a couple days. And then I think I figured it out. They want to know if the dog is a big dog, then it would need a big leash, a big long leash. And it would be enough to support the weight of an eight-year-old and a four-year-old. If it was a tiny little schnauzer, then then someone must have bought this leash or brought it with them. So you go, okay, fine, dude. Get the dog, weigh it, figure this out. Can't be that hard. And this is where I think the biggest clue to the suspect is. The mom goes, I gave the dog away. I gave the dog away to somebody. I don't have the dog anymore. Now, it's not being revealed to us whether or not she gave the dog away before or after this happened. It's not being revealed to us whether or not she's telling the police who she gave the dog away to or if she's just like, oh, I just gave it away. I don't even remember who it was. But that's where we're at in this investigation right now. The cops are looking for a dog so they can put it on a scale to find out if the leash that was used to kill two children was the same leash to take care of the family dog. And you have a mother who's saying... I don't have it. I don't have the dog. Imagine being the police involved in this investigation. Because not only do you have to try to figure out what happened to these two children, eight years old and four years old. Connor would have been nine, I believe, this month. You're trying to figure this out. And there's no good option. One is an eight-year-old boy killed himself and killed his sister. And then the other one is that some stranger broke into the house. They were talking on Xbox, and a guy came over, or woman. Let's not be sexist. Women can murder people, too. Somebody comes over and murders these two children and then disappears back into the community. And then you have the mother or a family member, supposedly a trusted individual in in that own little community that we call family, murder these children and is now actively trying to stymie the investigation a true mystery a true murder mystery that starts off with a disturbing visual and equally disturbing victims and the truth of the matter is there is probably a 50 50 chance we will never know If someone in the family did it, they're going to get arrested probably within the next six months to a year. It's going to be over. But if it was a murder-suicide, there will always be rumors that that's not true. There will always be rumors like, no, somebody snuck into that house and did that. Or a family member did that. But if they rule out the family and they rule out the murder-suicide, that means that someone is out there who could commit such a horrible act, And just walk away. But the idea of that lunatic being out there, honestly, to me, is less disturbing than the idea of an 8-year-old boy being so depressed and so afraid of dying alone that he takes his 4-year-old sister with him. Disturbing story. Kind of feel bad for sharing it with you guys. But I'll keep you updated if